Amen. Well, I'm going to continue the, the message that I began last week, but I just want to start off um, as, I, as I begin here this morning, just kind of ask us a question, and it is something I think we need to, we need to ponder and consider if you're a Christian, is what, what is it that makes you and I different from those of, in the world that aren't Christians? What's, what's the, what makes us different? Um, we live in the same world they live in. Um, amen. Amen, Brother Horace. That's right. That's right. Come on. Um, we experience pain and trouble. Uh, we experience sickness. We're, 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 we're seeing this here. Uh, we, we live in the same, we, we have the same struggles, the finances, the, the deals. What, what is it that makes us different? Is, are we different because we go to church? You know, my wife's reading a book right now, and um, after she told me what the book's about, I asked her, why are you reading that book? I mean, I'm like, I don't understand, but she, it's given her a perspective, I guess. But there's a lady that's writing a book that... She evidently did like a, I don't know if she did a survey or a study on uh, evangelical Christians, and she's just basically, what she's doing is she's mocking, she's mocking the church, and I think, I guess the gist of what you were telling me is it's because she's exposing the hypocrisy, uh, I guess is part of it, uh, or the fact that, that she, she claims that a lot of people that are in church are not Christians. That, that's part of it, I guess, is what, is what, is what you were saying, but... She's not a believer, and she's, she's mocking us, and I'm asking my wife, well, why would you want to read, read that? But it's kind of given Lori a, a, a gleaning or an insight or a perspective, I guess, from something. Plus, Lori loves to read, so that's a, that's a good thing. But, um, but are we different because we go to church? No, that, that, that doesn't make us different. Are we different because we're a part of a religion, a, a religious denomination? Or, or is it, are we different because we're good and perfect? No, that, 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 that's definitely not what, what, what makes us different. So what, what is the distinction between us and the world? What, what, what is the distinction? And again, I believe if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, you need to ask yourself that question. That, that, that needs to be something that says, there's something that makes me different, that I stand out from, from the world. Psalms 20 verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. This trust is not a religious affiliation, and it's not simply believing. You know, some people say, well, I, I believe in God. Well, I, I think you could probably survey a lot of people walking around today in St. Tammany Parish and Ornan Church, and you could survey the, a large group of people and ask them, do you believe in God? And I believe a large number of them would say yes, that, that, that they do. But we know that it's more than just believing. James chapter 2 says, You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? And if you read the book of James, James spends a lot of time talking about um, be ye doers of the word, not what? Not only hearers only. And he spends a long time talking about faith, and, I, and it's so good. But, but just what he says here, you say that you believe in God. And, well, good for you. Well, guess what? So does the devil. Is the devil a Christian? 
Does he trust God? Does he worship God? No, he doesn't. And he says, can't you see that faith without deeds or without works is useless? So the distinction between us and the world is trust, but it's not just believing, it's trusting. And so how do we demonstrate, how, does a, how do we demonstrate our trust? How do you demonstrate that you trust God? By obedience. By, by doing what the Word says. In other words, if someone says, I, I believe God, I believe the Bible, um, that's good, but that's only the first step. The next step's the big step. It's, it's obedience. It's, it's, it's walking through and following what God says. So that's extremely important for you to, um, to ponder and consider in your life as a Christian, because if you call yourself a Christian, then there, there needs to be a distinction. There's, there's got to be something that separates us from those who are not. And, and even really, the next step that separates us from the religious, the religious people, the, the, the ones that, that, that are religious, but they've not really, they haven't crossed that line where they're, where, where they're being obedient. So John 16, says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. This is Jesus speaking. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So notice what Jesus is saying here. He, Jesus is saying, you will have many trials. So when we become a Christian, we don't escape the trials. We don't escape the sorrows. But what do we have? We have someone that is right there with us, that is walking with us, that is sustaining us, that is encouraging us, that is strengthening us, that, that is empowering us. So, so becoming a Christian is not God removing the trials. It's God giving us the strength through his Son and through his Holy Spirit to walk through the trials. That's the difference. We trust and obey Christ. So our hope and confidence in the midst of trials and sorrows is our hope in Jesus. Our hope in, and that's what Jenna and Brandon displayed so beautifully. They were going through a trial. They were going through a tough spot. Well, guess what they did? They called on Jesus. They called on the church. They began to ask for prayer, and they just believed God. That's what we do. We trust God. And, our, and, our, and our, um, our demonstration of our trust is obeying. We, we obey God. We do what the Word of God says. So I'm going to continue today's message. I started last week, um, uh, be still and know that I am God. And, um, you know, in a world that seems to be unraveling before our very eyes, we can live in confidence because we trust in the Lord. The Bible is our blueprint that gives us the way to navigate life. That, that's how we know to, how, to, how, to, how to walk the ways of the world and the confusion and the chaos that's all around us. It's the Bible. That's our blueprint. That's our, that's our instruction manual. The Bible is a rich source of wisdom and direction and hope, life, peace, and joy. It's all found here in God's Word written to us, his creation. And the awesome thing about the Bible is the Bible is relevant today. It's not like it was only relevant when it was written. The Bible is a, is a now word. It's a, it's, it's a rhema word. It's a, it's a word that is relevant and applicable for us today. And, and to me, that's what proves the truth and the validity of the Bible 
is that though it was written thousands of years ago, I can open it up today in 2022 and apply it to my life now. To me, that proves that this is God's word, that it, that it is the written word of God. So when we look at the Psalm 46, we're going to look at here in a moment, and, and we begin to ponder what's written there, you know, we have to ask ourselves, are you afraid? Do, do, you, live, do you live in anxiety? Are you living with uh, a fear of the future? Um, you know, everyone at some point in their life, even believers, we experience some measure of fear and anxiety. I mean, I think all of us will be honest and say, you know what, there's, there's, there's been a moment, maybe it's something you're going through now, but if you were honest, you say, you know what, I've experienced, even as a believer, anxiety and fear in my life. But the thing is, we don't have to stay there. I don't have to stay in an anxious state. I don't have to stay in a, in a, in a, in a spirit of fear. We can choose to live according to the Word of God and escape the bondage of fear and anxiety because that's what fear and anxiety does. It seeks to, it seeks to place us in bondage. It's a, it robs us. It, 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 it sucks from us the joy and the peace and the, and the, and the things that God has for us as believers. So um, this message really in Psalm 46 that I'm speaking the last week and then, then this week um, is really a message to tell you that we have great hope in God. That when I read that, that's what I believe the psalmist is communicating, that our foundation and our hope is great in God. It, it is so secure. It is so, it is so great. And really to build us up, to take the word of God and to build you up and to encourage you, to give you strength to face whatever adversity comes. Because adversity is going to come. Jesus said, we will have trials. You will have tribulation. The, 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 the ways of the world, the things that are happening, I, I don't really believe it's going to get better. I, I think it's going to increasingly begin to get worse. The, I mean, the, the, there's so much foolishness out there. There's, there's, there's confusion. There's, there's chaos. And, and in our own lives, we're going to experience personal adversity. But, but God, God is our hope. God is our strength. Amen. And that, that, that's what this passage, this scripture, it, it builds us up. So, so I believe Psalm 46 is like a, it's like a treasure chest filled with, with all kind of treasures of God reminding us of the greatness of our God. You know, sometimes we even believers have to be reminded. We have to, you know, we have to reinforce those things that we already know to be true and remind ourselves, this is the God I serve. And I believe that's what this, this psalmist was, 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 was trying to communicate. So I believe God wants us to allow the rich truths of this psalm to cause you to walk and live in hope and confidence and peace and expectation that our God is sovereign and our God reigns. So let's look at this here again in Psalm 46, um, verses 1 through 11. It says, notice how emphatic, I love this about the Bible, and especially in this passage here. The, 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 listen to how it's speaking the, the, the truth emphatically. It says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her, 
she will not fail. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Don't you love that? It's speaking emphatic. It's speaking truth. It's, it's speaking direct. It's not, it's not like, it, it, it's, 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 it's matter of fact. This is, what it, this is the truth of who our God is. And again, I, as I said last week, to me, just reading that psalm, it builds me up. It, it, it encourages me when, when, when I read that. But just to kind of, just to recap what we, what we shared last week, um, we looked at the first three verses in the, in the passage, and the first thing we looked at is God alone is our strength. And notice, notice what, it, what it says there. It says God is our refuge and our strength. It doesn't say God and your wealth and God and your job and God and, and, and whatever. It says God is our refuge and our strength. So it's important for us to know that God is your strength. God is your source. God, God, God is our refuge. Um, the Lord is a safe place to go to. The, the, he's a safe place to run to. That, that, that God is our refuge. And then we, we, we looked at that He is an ever-present help. And, and I love that when it says that God is an ever-present. God's not helping you from a distance or from afar. God is with you. What does the Bible say? What was Jesus called? He is what? He is Emmanuel. God with us. That's so awesome. It's not God didn't save you from a distance. God, the Bible says God sent his son to earth. God, God came. Jesus walked among us. He walked with us. And now by the presence and the power of his Holy Spirit, the Bible says he indwells us. God's not distant. He's an ever-present help. He's with you. He's walking right beside you. No matter what you're facing, what you're going through, God is with you. And then the psalmist says, therefore, because God is our refuge and because God is our strength and because God is an ever-present help, therefore, we will not fear. What do we have to fear? That the God is our refuge. God, God is our strength. The Most High is with us. The Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. What's perfect love? The cross. The cross of Calvary is God's perfect love. That God, in spite of our sin, while we were still sinners, the Bible says, perfect love, he loved us just the way we were. The Bible says that love, why? Because we have a perfect relationship now with God. Because of Christ, there's no fear in that. There's no, there's no, that, that we're a son, we're a daughter, God's our father. Where's the fear? We've been accepted, we've been forgiven. Perfect love casts out all fear. So let's look at the second, the, the rest of this psalm here. And I, I really didn't build up to the, to the, really the climax in verse 10 because we didn't get that far last week. But really, that's what this psalm is really doing. It's kind of like a crescendo. It's building, it's building to a close here. But let's look at verses 4 and 5. 
It says, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fail. God will help her at break of day. So the next thing we need to see in this psalm is is this God is our river of life. God is our river of life. And notice what the psalmist says. He says, there is a river. In other words, it doesn't matter what season you're in. You could be in a dry season. You could be in a dead season. You you could be in a season of lack or or whatever. But the Bible says there's still a river. In other words, it, it doesn't matter what your circumstances are, what what you're facing, doesn't matter what the world's facing, doesn't matter what your bank account looks like, what the kids are doing, what's happening in your family, there is a river. There's a river. Amen. There's a river that flows, and that, 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 that gives us great hope to know that whether we're in sickness or in health, rich or poor, in every season that we're in, there's a river. And the river, this river doesn't flow from earth. It's not flowing from men. This river flows from heaven where the Most High dwells. This is, it's, a, it's, a, it's a source that comes from God Himself. It's not a river flowing from men. Not a river flowing from, from religion. Its source is not from man. It's from the Lord. Amen. We, we need a source from heaven. I don't need a source from man. I, I need a source from heaven. See, the world is living without hope because they are disconnected from the source of hope. They don't have hope. They're they're living with hope. They're living in discouragement. They're living in despair. They're living in fear and and, and shame on them, but they're trying to put their hope in governments and men and and NATO and all these these foolish things that are happening. And And they're still, they're discouraged and they're in despair. Why? They're disconnected from the source. They're disconnected from the river. There is a river. There is a river that flows but it flows not from earth. It's not from men. It flows from heaven. Amen. And look what, it, look what it says. It makes glad the city of our God. See, those who are in that river, those who are connected to the river of God, we're glad. What do we sing when we sing that song? I will rejoice. Rejoice in what? Be glad. I will rejoice and be glad. Why? Because God... God is our river. God is our source. God is our life. See, those who belong to God are safe in the city. We're safe in the presence of God. We're we're, we're safe there. What does it say? God God is within her. She will not fail. God will help her at break of day. That means every morning, God's there to help us. God's God's there. God's your source. God, God God is right there. We are glad because the Lord is our source. See, life-giving water is always present, and those in the, in the city um, of God are safe and secure. See, if you are in Christ, you are receiving a life-flowing river within you. The Bible, the Bible tells us that, that there's, a, there's, there's, there's a life and a river flowing within you. And y'all, y'all remember the story of Jesus when he, when he encountered the, uh, the Samaritan woman and Remember, she had came to draw water, and Jesus said, I have water, and, and Jesus said, the water that I, that I give you, um, you'll never thirst again. And what, did she, what, did she t- how, what was her response? 
well, where, where can I find this water? Because I don't want to keep having to get these buckets and dip these buckets into this well. Can you please tell me where I can find this water? She thought Jesus was talking about physical water. It's the same thing with Nicodemus. Remember when, when uh, Jesus, what did Jesus tell Nicodemus? Unless you, unless, you were, unless you were born again, you cannot inherit the kingdom of God. What did Nicodemus tell Jesus when he said that? How can a man, a, a full-grown man, now we laugh at that, but that's the only, they had nothing else to compare it to. That's the first time that they had ever heard the word spoken probably. You must be born again. So what would be the first thing you would think of? i got to go back into the womb physically and be born again. But that's not what God was talking about, and that's not the water that Jesus was talking about. In John chapter 4, and this isn't, this isn't going to be on the screen, but look what Jesus told the Samaritan woman. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So now Jesus is telling us that river, that river is within us. When we are born again by the Spirit of God, the Bible says rivers of, rivers of life are flowing within us, and they were flowing in, and they were flowing out of us. They will well up within you like a spring, Jesus says. And she tell, he tells the Samaritan woman, everyone who drinks this water, and I don't believe Jesus was just talking about the physical water that she was carrying in those buckets or whatever she had. I believe Jesus was talking about everything that man drinks from, everything in that world that man, he will thirst again. He, he was telling her, whatever, if you are drinking from any other source except me, you will always be thirsty. But God says, Jesus said, within me, a river of life will flow. See, that's what God, that's God's promise. That, that's our salvation. That, that, that's the promise in the river that flows in us. Look what Jesus said in John chapter 7. He said, on the last day, the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, Anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Look what Jesus said. Do you think that people are thirsty out there? They got people who are thirsty. And Jesus is shouting to the world, and that's what, I, what we should be shouting to the world. Anyone who is thirsty, come to Jesus. Come, come drink. Anyone who believes in me, may come and drink. The, the river flows, the, the fountain is full. In other words, God, God, God's got this river for everyone, whosoever will come and drink from the water and from the fountain of Christ, they will be satisfied. That's our message. People are disheartened, they're discouraged, they're frightened, they're anxious because they're drinking from the wrong fountain. They're, they're, they're searching for answers and we know the story of the Samaritan woman, the Jesus told her, he said, what, go and get your husband? And he said, I don't have a husband. Jesus said, I know that you, you, you've had many, and the man you're living with now is not, is not your husband. Jesus was pointing out the fact that this Samaritan woman, was, she was not content. She was, she was searching for contentment in the world and, and in the relationships and with men, but she was finding herself in every relationship. What was she finding herself? She was empty. She was still desperate. She was saying, what did, what did Jesus say? I'm the source. Come drink from me. Come find life in me. Come find rivers of life. And there's so much there that, that, that Jesus shared with her. But, but, but that, that, that part in the psalm there where, where it says, 
I, I, I love that it just says, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. That, that river, that river is flowing in us. Jesus said, rivers of life will flow. And, and you know, we got to tap into that stream sometimes. you got to tap into that river when, because sometimes we can become dry. We can become stale. We can become um, in a drought season or whatever. we got to tap into the river of Christ and just begin to, to release the truth, release the, 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 the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit within us and begin to tap into that river and say, no, devil, I'm not going to receive the ways of the world. I'm not going to walk in drought and walk in dryness. i got rivers of life flowing from me. I don't care what's happening in Ukraine. I, I don't care what, what, the, what, what, what inflation is doing. I, I don't care how uncertain the future of this world, this world is going to be. i got rivers of life flowing. See, I remind myself... I remind myself, who, who am I? I'm born again. I got the lifeblood. I got, I got the Holy Spirit. Rivers of life are flowing. We got to keep reminding ourselves of these things. And then look what it says in verses 6 to 9. It says, nations are in uproar. King, this, is so, this is like we're reading this today. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall, uh, fail. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. The next thing we need to see is God is our banner and our shield. God is our banner and our shield. One thing I noticed when I was studying uh, Psalm 46, and y'all, y'all have heard me share this before, but y'all know the, the, the name Jehovah is the name that we get the, uh, the, the name the Lord. In other words, that's the, that's the Hebrew name in, in, the, in, the old, in the Old Testament for the, for the word that we use for the Lord. Jehovah is the, is the word. So, but there's compound names for the word Jehovah, and y'all, y'all have heard me share this before. Some of y'all are familiar with them. I, I shared one of them when I was praying over Jenna, I prayed, I said, I said, the Lord is Jehovah Rapha. And the Jehovah Rapha means what? The Lord is our healer. In other words, it, it, the, the, the compound names to God add meaning and significance to who, to who God is. But really, all throughout this Psalms 46, I believe you can find these compound meanings all, all, all throughout that. And um, the river of life, to me, I believe that's Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord, our provider. In other words, that river... That's my source. See, God, God, God's river, God's pro, he's Jehovah Jireh. He, he's my provider. See, God is your source. Yeah, you might have a job. You might have a, a, a check coming in or whatever, but that God is your source. God, God is Jehovah Jireh. God, God is your provider. But, but here in this passage in verses 6 to 9, it says, The Lord Almighty is with us. With us. The God of Jacob is our fortress um, that, that, I believe, is he is Jehovah Nisi, and Jehovah Nisi is the Lord, our banner. He, he's, he's, the, he's the Lord, our banner. And, and what that tells me is, see, you've got someone standing in your corner fighting with you. you, you you're not alone. You're, you, you're not, you might think, well, I've, I've got these insurmountable battles. I'm, I'm facing this mountain. This, I, I don't know which way to go, which way to turn. I'm, I'm all alone. No, you're not alone. The Bible says that Jesus is your banner. 
that God is Je- he's Jehovah Nisi. He is your banner. The, the, it's like it's like picture a banner like going before you. Like like you you're, you're marching out to battle and guess what? God is in front of you and God God is going before you and God is making a way. God is making a way for us. See Jesus is our defender. He's our victory. And um, Brother Rod, in some scriptures that I, I share with the church, when I, when a time I spend alone in prayer, um, when when Brother Rod put on his on the paper, he's Jehovah Nisi. Brother Rod said he's 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 Jehovah, our man of war. He's a, he's our, see I love that. that that see that gives added significance. He, Jesus is Jesus is our man of war. And this is the scripture verse. Um, that um, that he that that he that he shares with when he when he says that in First John chapter three, it says, "Dear children, do not do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. See that that's Jehovah Nisi." That, that, that's a man of war. And we say, well, you know, Jesus is full of love. Jesus is full of mercy. He's full of grace. He's full of compassion. But guess what? He's also a man of war. And the Bible says he came to destroy the works of the devil. That's what he came to do. He's our, he's our defender. He, he, he's our shield. He's our, he's our fortress. See, so, so that's the place I need to go when I'm facing battles. I'm facing strongholds. I'm um, facing things in my life, God, you're, you're, you're my banner. You're Jehovah Nisi. Declare that. Say emphatically, just like the word of God says here in Psalm 46, say that, God, you, you are the God of Jacob. You, you're my God. You, you're, you're, the, you're the fortress. Speak those words into your life and into, and into your situation. See, Jesus came as a man of war to destroy the world, the works, and the of our adversary, the enemy. Jesus is our fortress. We need to say thank you, Jesus, that we have our victory. That that our victory is found. What do we sing? Our victory is found in Jesus' name. We are victorious. The Bible says we're we're more than conquerors. Why? Because He's our man of war. Jesus fought. Not only has He He fought for us. He He defeated the devil on the cross. He's fighting your battles today. He's standing with you. He's, he's Jehovah Nisi. Declare those things. De- declare who he is in your life and speak those things over, over your situation. The psalmist declares the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The Bible says if God is with us, who can stand against us? How simple is that scripture, but how profound is it? It's so simple. If God is with us, who can stand against us? He's not a man. He's God, creator. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You've got to declare that. You've got to speak those things. Sometimes you, not sometimes, you need to say it audibly. You, you, you speak those things. You speak it. God you say it to the enemy. He's, he's, he's uh, deceiving you. He's trying to tempt you. you. You speak it. Greater is he. Greater is the truth that is in me. Greater is the power of the Holy Spirit that is in me. 
Greater is, the, is, is Christ in me than he that is in the world. Get away from me, Satan. We, the Bible says if you resist the devil, what does he do? He must flee. He's got to bow to the name of Jesus. But you've got to declare the authority that God has given you. It's not automatic. We, we declare these things. We speak these things in faith. We say, in the name of Jesus, get behind me, Satan. Go, go, leave me now. And we say those things. That's our victory. See, he's Jehovah Nisi, our man of war. I'd rather say it the way Brother Rod says it. That, he's my defender. He's my, he's my victory. He's my shield. He's my, he's my man of war. See, what, what battle has the Lord delivered you from? Can you name any battle in your life that God has delivered you from? I can name, I can name plenty. Well, guess what? If he delivered you from that battle, he's going to deliver you from the one you're in right now. He's faithful. We're saying that. God is faithful. God is faithful. If he did it before, he's going to do it again. If you delivered Israel, he's going to deliver you. God is faithful. Amen. Exodus chapter 14. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. <laughs> I love that. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. <laughs> That's written to me. That's written to us. God, Moses spoke that to the nation of Israel when the Egyptian army was marching on them and they were bound. The Bible says the Egyptian army was on one side and the Red Sea was on the other. Just be still. That's what, God, that's what God is telling us today. Every battle that I have faced, the Lord was fighting for me. I can tell you for my wife, in every battle that Lori and I have faced, God has fought, for, God has fought with us. God has fought our battles. It was, it was, it's never easy going through the battle. But I can always look back and say, God was with me. God never left me. He never forsook me. It wasn't easy. It was difficult. But God, I can look back. You know what, God? You were right there. You were Jehovah Nisi. You were in my corner. You were standing in my court. You were, you were fighting with me. You were, you, were, you were fighting my battles. Amen. And then this is the best part of the psalm here in Psalm 46.10. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted on the earth. So the next thing we need to see here is God says, be still and know that I am God. Now notice the build-up to this. This is important for us to get this, and we started this last week, and then we're finishing it up today. But notice how the psalmist, he was building to this climax. There was a, there was a crescendo. There was a climax. There was a building that was taking place. And look, look, at, look at the way, it, how it built up. He started up by saying, God, God, is, God is our strength. God is our refuge. That, that's who God is. Not God might be, God can be, God will be. God is. God is your strength. God is our refuge. In him there is no fear. Therefore we will not fear. God is our source. God is our river. God is our river of life. God is our banner. He's our victory. He's our, he's our man of war. So then, then what does the psalmist say? After he said all these things, What's the conclusion of everything that he's built up to? Be still. Be still and know that I am God. 
In other words, in other words, pause for a moment. Just, just take pause for just a second. And some translations say, it says, be still and understand. Or be still, be still and consider. In other words, what the psalmist is saying is stop for just a moment. And all your frustration, all your fighting, all the things that are going on around you, stop. Be still and consider and understand that God, who God is. Know that I am God. Know that God is who he is. Do you see what the psalmist is saying? That, that gives me hope in every situation that I face, no matter what I'm facing in my life. That's our confidence, to be still and know that God is God. But look, I came across some, some uh, commentaries, just some deeper explanations that I believe will give an understanding of what this means. So if Ruby wants to put the first one up there, it says, I don't know how Laurie has this in there, but anyway, be still and know that I am God. The idea is not that the faithful reader should stop activity and stand in one place. The sense is more that argument and opposition should stop and be still. This is done in recognition of God's glory and greatness as mentioned in the previous verse. So look what it says there. It's the, the psalmist is not saying physically, although sometimes I believe physically we need to stop. We, we're racing, we're running, but that's not what the psalmist is saying physically. The, the, the psalmist is saying that we, that we need to stop the, 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 the argument and the opposition and the frustration and the, and the anxiety and the fear and all the things that are happening and just be still and understand and recognize who God is and know that I am God. Yes. See, anxiety will cease. Frustration will cease. Anger at injustice will cease. Fear will cease because we know that God is still in control. See, that, that's what the psalmist is building to. No matter what is happening, be still and know and understand that God is still God. Be still and know that, 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 that I am God. And look at the next one here I came across. It says, in this verse, there is a change of person, and Jehovah himself is introduced as commanding the world to cease its opposition, to, to own his power, and to acknowledge his sovereignty over all the kingdoms of the nations. See, what I love about that is the, the, the world is operating as if God is not connected to what's happening in the world. They, they are acting as if God is absent, God is disconnected, God is not existent, God doesn't care, and the psalmist is saying, no, be still and know that God is in charge of everything. No matter how much chaos is taking place, no matter what's happening in the world, be still and know that God is sovereign. These things are not, these things are not taking place disconnected from God. God is well aware of everything that is happening. Nothing happens outside of the sovereign control of God. Pause and consider. Pause and stop. Who got these nations on? NATO's not greater than God. The UN is not bigger than God. The, the illegitimate administration that sits in Washington, D.C. is not greater than God. Be still. Calm down and, and recognize and understand who God is. That's who we are. That's what we've done. See, that's the trust. And then look what this says here. It says, know that I am God. Our submission is to be such as becomes rational creatures. God doth not require us to submit contrary to reason, but to submit as seeing the reason and ground of submission. Hence, the bare consideration 
that God is God may well be sufficient to still all objections and oppositions against the divine sovereign. I love that. In other words, it's enough to say this, that God is God, that he's Lord. And you know, sometimes that that speaks to your life. Because what happens a lot of times when you and I face something in life, what's the first thing we begin to do? We begin to question. You know, God, why me? Uh, why, why did this happen? We, we try to put the puzzle together. Well, well, because this happened, then because that happened, this happened, and because that happened, it's like dominoes. All the dominoes just started falling down, and they all had... But why don't we just stop and say, you know what? Maybe it's just because God is God. Amen. And maybe God allowed that to happen in my life. And maybe he's just asking me to do, you know what? Just to trust him. But see, that's, that's difficult. It's easier for us <laughs> to try to figure it out and give a reason than to just demonstrate faith and say, you know what, God? I don't understand it. I don't like it. It doesn't make any sense. But at the end of the day, guess what? I'm still going to trust you. I'm still going to trust you. Isn't it so good? See, God's word is so rich. This is just, a, this is just 11 verses in this whole Bible, <laughs> and, and you feeling down, you're feeling whatever, man, <clears throat> open up the Bible. Yes. Begin to read the truth of what the Word of God says. Prophesy it to your life. Speak the Word of God over your life. Speak it over your family. Speak it over your situations, the truth of what the Word of God says. See if that doesn't build you up. Does it begin to, to encourage you, to sustain you, to, to support you? See, so, so whatever it is that we're facing, um, the trial, the struggle, the anxiety, the fear, the hopelessness, the lack, the, the, the impatience, be still and understand and recognize that God is God, that he is Lord, that he is sovereign, that, that God is in charge. And, and, and look, think of it like this. In Christ, we have Christ now. Nothing can harm us, not even death. Not even death. So really, what do we have to be afraid of? That, that's our biggest enemy. The death is our greatest enemy, and the Bible says Christ has conquered death. Where, oh, death is your victory. Where, oh, grave, where, where's your sting? Sin, where's your sting? It's been conquered. It's been defeated in Jesus' name. What, why are Christians walking in fear and anxiety if they have the power of Jesus Christ living inside of them? Because the devil has deceived us. And robbed us. But be still and know that I am God. I love that. That is so, it's just refreshing. It's like all of a sudden when we speak that, all the things that are happening around us just seem to, they don't disappear, but they get a lot smaller. <laughs> They're not as big. Guess who's bigger? <laughs> God's all of a sudden, you know what? That's this, this Ukraine, that, that's God, that's nothing. God, you're bigger than that. Amen.